And welcome, you're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM, your wonderful and favorite community radio partners all across the country, and most importantly, this very, very important spring membership drive. I'm going to throw right to the studio now with Stefan and Dave to start. Thank you so much, Sharon. Yeah, so... uh We've got a we've got a show. We're 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 doing a full show. We got a whole bunch of news. Oh, of course we do. We are we are just because it is the just because it is a spring membership drive, which uh, again very important. You can call in right now. We have volunteers waiting for your calls at four one six nine four six seven eight zero zero or toll free at one eight 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 two zero four eighty nine seventy six or. If you're one of the people who like to donate online, you can do that as well on CIUT.FM. There's a big button that says Donate Now. I believe in the fall I said there has never been a better time to donate to community radio. Now there has never been a more urgent time to donate to community, community radio. That's true. Um, and, and, of course, that is because, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to cover a, a whole wide range of topics, uh, hopefully to sort of show uh, the, the range of things that we may not hear uh, on, on traditional radio and the types of conversations that you don't often get. It's important to get a diversity of voices run by and for the people, not for the corporation, Stefan. Exactly. Um, and it is in essence uh, or in, um, shall we say, uh, honor. Mm. Uh, of the of the importance of the diversity of voices that you can find on CIUT. Yes. That we begin this show talking about biodiversity. Yes. Because diversity is important. Uh, but we so let's start there. Do we have Lauren on the line? Yes, you do. Yes, we do. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. So happy to be here. Uh, so let's let's start off with the topic and then we'll and then we'll jump in. So after the release of what The Guardian is calling the most comprehensive study of life on Earth ever undertaken, as well as the first global assessment of biodiversity in almost 15 years, it is no longer a secret that over half of all known species on Earth are now considered to be at risk of extinction due to worldwide ecosystem degradation. This represents one million species in total threatened by habitat loss, pollution, exploitation, climate change, and the migration of invasive species. <clears throat> the CBC reports that Kai Chan, one of the co-authors of the new report, was put, uh, that was put out by the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services, argues that we will need, quote, fundamental structural change to solve the problem. It's true that anyone who plans to continue living on this planet should take heed of the report since these organisms that are since these organisms are required for clean water, food, pollination and climate stability. As with many similar recent studies, the report tends to cast what we already knew in a harsher light. It tells us for instance that ecosystems are dying worldwide with rapid and accelerating decline in more recent years and more species are at risk than ever before. Loss of genetic diversity threatens our food systems. Pollution is increasing. Indigenous communities and poor people are at the greatest risk. Economic restructuring and international cooperation are required. And on a global scale, we do not have to sacrifice the poor in order to achieve sustainability. The report also points out that while agricultural goods and our harvest of materials have increased since 1970, nature's regulating and non-material contributions have declined, and argues that we must introduce nature into our cities in every way we can. Other interesting points the report highlights include, and I'm just going to list these out, quote, the rate of global change in nature during the past 50 years is unprecedented in human history. Biological communities are becoming more similar to each other in both managed and unmanaged systems within and across regions. 
human-induced changes are creating conditions for fast biological evolution, so rapid that its effects can, only be, can, can be seen in only a few years or even more quickly. The consequences can be positive or negative for biodiversity and ecosystems, but can create uncertainty about the sustainability of species, ecosystem functions, and the delivery of nature's contributions to people. Incorporating the consideration of ecosystem functions and of nature's contribution into economic incentives has, in the economy, been shown to permit better uh, ecological, economic, and social outcomes. End quote. Nature is generally declining less rapidly in indigenous people's land than in other lands, but is nevertheless declining, as is the knowledge of how to manage it. At least a quarter of the global land area is traditionally owned, managed, or used, or occupied by indigenous peoples. These areas include approximately 35% of the area that is formally protected and approximately 35% of all remaining terrestrial areas with very low human intervention. Interestingly, the first key leverage point the report highlights is a transformation in our, quote, vision of a good life. Another co-author, Emily Giles, said, quote, it's clear from this report, we can't wait anymore. This is it. It's like this report is both written about the importance of community radio and also biodiversity loss. Uh, but to, to Lauren, to your uh, thoughts first. Yeah, um, I feel like what this report tells us is that we need to, it, it, it signals that we need to completely rethink how the environmental movement has been approaching conservation in the last hundred and some odd years, um, because clearly our model of, of relying entirely on, on things like national parks and tiny little reserves that, that sort of punctuate urban spaces and, and sprawl uh, around not only this country, but sort of westernized countries around the world, um, in the West, I guess, um, because, because that's just not working. Um, we, can't, we can't think that as long as we have tiny little pockets of preserved perfect wilderness that we're going to be able to, to, to support these species any longer um, because these species need to spread out. They need to be able to move. They need to be able to coexist with us harmoniously the way that um, uh, indigenous peoples have been able to, to do for so many millennia. Um, and I don't quite know what, what another version of conservation efforts looks like um, in the West, but, but clearly we need to overhaul things rapidly because it's just not been working the way that we've been pushing for it to do. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting sort of uh, to, to watch the the, it, it, what's, the the traditional model, I think, exacerbates the concept of, 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 of humans being separate from nature, right? It, yeah, it, it, exactly. it, is, it is nature is over there and we are over here. Um, and, and this one line that, that Dave highlighted uh, that I thought was so interesting and so important is that transformation of what a vision of a good life is, um, is, is such an, I think, important rejection of, of the status quo. You know, of of where we're at right now, and of how we even see ourselves, and and to me, that sort of that permeates, I think, everything right now is this need for new thoughts, new ways of thinking, um, and uh, and new ways of being. Uh, sorry, I completely I, I, agree with you. Sorry, Lauren. I just I felt really inspired just to jump in one quick comment. So the, the one of the thing that I on this point that I find so confusing, especially because here in Toronto Live, as we're uh, broadcasting right now, it is uh, it's not a nice day, but it's a clearly beginning of spring day. Right. Like it's it's not bad. And one of the things that I that I notice is that, you know, at least here in Ontario, we have a very proud uh, history. We're known for many things among th among those things is cottage country. And if you go, there's a lot of rich people that own cottages and it doesn't matter how much money you have. I mean, if you have any cottage at all, you have money. But it, regardless of how wealthy your family is, there's a concept that people understand, which is that when you go to the cottage, you accept that there's doesn't matter how much money you have or how fancy your your cottage is. You have to accept that it's just nature up there. Right. Like there's no such thing as a cottage 
cottage without spiders because there's this implicit understanding that you cannot separate nature when you're in nature. The problem is just that people like isolate that for their cottage experience. They think that we can separate it in the rest of the universe and it's not true and that's why I find it so confusing because people do understand this concept. They've just isolated it as like a cottage country concept. And if you have cottage money, it's a great time to donate to CIUT 89.5 during our Sound of Your City Drive. Um, uh, Leverage that cottage value, those assets, exactly. right into right. CIUT. And, and I'm sorry to cut in again, but I've now been handed a note, so I have official authority to hand a note. So we're our goal for the today's show is 71.75. The CIUT reached 70,000 as of this morning because the listeners are being... Uh, so absolutely generous in supporting the program. We want to keep that momentum going, show them that the Green Majority supporters are just as uh, generous and uh, supportive of community radio and independent journalism as everyone else. So please do continue to help us get us towards that station goal of $100,000. Uh, we're at seventy-one seven fifty. Uh, we need to get to seventy-one seven fifty by the end of this show. So we've had a number of people call in and donate already. Thank you so much for getting on the ball early. Uh, let's keep it going. Yeah, I, I actually had a wonderful chance to talk to a wonderful fellow named Brian uh, the last hour. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Brian, for for, uh, for donating. And again, if you need that number again, it's 416-946-7800 or toll free at 1-888-204-8976. And if you you call now, uh, two of our wonderful volunteers, including our our amazing tech, Megan, is on the line. And one of our previous guests, Kim. So you talk to either one of them if you call right now. Community radio listeners are such quality people. Exactly. Um, And so... uh, it's why it's so important to keep this around. And I think this whole concept, I think this show in some ways in my mind, uh, is, is about uh, breaking the status quo. You know, whether or not it's breaking the status quo and how uh, we receive our media uh, from a standpoint of bringing in, uh, bringing in a community voice to, to media. Because they can have an influence. People can have an influence on these shows. Oh, and they do consistently. Mm-hmm. People email us and ask us to cover topics like, you know, like the Biodome mm-hmm. uh, story we covered previously, uh, which, uh, which has now uh, received its reprieve, actually. Good news about the Biodome. Biosphere. Biosphere. Thank you very much. The Biodome is an d- entirely different budget. Um, the Biosphere in Montreal uh, has got a reprieve, uh, which is a fall from a couple, month- couple weeks ago, uh, because of action uh, uh, across, across uh, community radio and community partners uh, fighting for that sort of thing. So this is why it's important. And speaking of breaking the status quo, uh, there's a movement building uh, in Canada around the Green New Deal. Yes. So a green economic overhaul equivalent to a Canadian Green New Deal has been launched by a coalition of unions, economists, indigenous groups, and environmentalists. This group, the group is called the Pact for a Green New Deal, with the aim of cutting our greenhouse gas emissions in half by 2030, moving us to 100% clean energy in that time as well, making Canada carbon neutral by 2050, and applying the proper scale and urgency towards solving environmental breakdown while protecting workers, poor people, and indigenous rights. Like its American counterpart, it will, of course, be mostly about job creation, transit, renovation, and green tech. It is, however, more inspired by Quebec's climate plan called by Quebec's climate plan called Le Pact, which has 270,000 signatures thus far. The plan's proponents do not see it as terribly radical. Rather, they see it as a rational divestment away from fossil fuels towards an infrastructure-focused green economy that will also create a hell of a lot of jobs and save the country billions of dollars in the long run. Indeed, we are currently spending billions of dollars in subsidies for the fossil fuel industry, which is already declining as investors and governments move away from carbon. 
The Star is reporting that a recent Canadian poll from Abacus Data returned with 61% in favor of the Green New Deal and 66% in favor of a Green New Deal that raises taxes on corporations and the wealthy. Another poll found that 87% of 15 to 30-year-olds took climate change seriously and that 60% of young people don't feel they have any influence on government. Star, Vancou Star Vancouver's David P. Ball also points out that such a deal could go the way of the LEAP manifesto that tried to foster a green economic overhaul in Canada but failed to get endorsed even by the NDP. The Star quotes our Time member Nayeli Jimenez speaking of the upcoming federal election. Quote, this election is so critical because if we are to meet the target of cutting carbon emissions in half by 11 years, the people in power for the next four years will be in charge when that needs to happen. This election could be our last chance. Otherwise, we won't make it. We need to make sure it happens. And Lauren, I know you are uh, embedded right now uh, in some of these in this movement. So I want to go to you to your thoughts first. Yeah, I can't I can't try to even like remotely be unbiased when talking about a Green New Deal because I'm so stoked for it. And, um, and I am working with a local chapter of Our Time here in Ottawa, um, organizing young people um, to mobilize around a Green New Deal. Uh, but the pact that was released earlier this Monday is so exciting because it's talking to a slightly different audience, whereas Our Time is directly targeting um, millennial voters and, and young people who want to sort of get on the ground and, and have door-to-door -door conversations with, with other young people to mobilize voters. Um, the pact is speaking to a wider audience. It's speaking to um, nonprofit groups. Uh, various organizations and individuals as well. And what's so cool, I, I don't know if you mentioned this, David, but in the last five days, less than five days, over 30,000 people have signed on to support the Pact for a Green New Deal, which just goes to show the, the groundswell of support for something like this. Um, and and I think, I think the, one of the big things with the Green New Deal is that it finally, and I know this has been said, it, it finally meets the urgency and the scale and the scope of what our address to climate change needs to be. And, like, regular voting Canadians know that. They, they want something that, that addresses the urgency and the size of this thing. They don't want piecemeal half solutions. They, they know we need to completely change everything that we do as rapidly as possible. And the Green New Deal finally sort of put, like, makes this possible, gives us a bit of hope, <laughs> gives us a chance to develop these solutions um, in, a, in a really, like, holistic way that makes sure that people aren't being left behind. Yeah, man, I, I, to echo and to agree with you vehemently, uh, the word hope there, I feel like, is so important, you know, because it's it's not just, it's one thing to get behind climate action uh, that is any climate action at all, but the hope comes from the belief we could actually do it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and with that, you need a goal of that scale. Um, and and one one thing I think to, to bring this back a little bit to the theme of the show being this CAT membership drive um, is that um, one of the glories of community radio is the opportunity to really dive into some of these topics and these in these issues and so I'm um, stoked to to announce that next week we'll have a, a full hour-long episode actually diving into the to the to the, the nuts and bolts of, of how this mobilization is, is building and growing and the importance of the New Deal uh, of the Green New Deal um, if you want to know about the new Deal. I'm sure there's another show that can cover the history of that, but um, and so I'm really excited uh, for that show next week as well. Um, we're heading up towards uh, the first music break, though, uh, which is a great time uh, to donate, uh, which can be done at 416-946-7800 or 1-88-204-8976. That's one eight eight eight. Three eights, yes. Yeah. 
Uh, if you have two eights, you will get a dial tone because you will not have had enough numbers to to dial numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and and what's important also uh, and there's a whole bunch of things you can win. You can you're entered in to win uh, a, a trip uh, to to Croatia. Uh, you are for 120 dollars. You get actually CIU two membership. Uh, you get a T-shirt uh, with ha- with a, with a raccoon on it. It's a beautiful design. Um, and all of these, of course, are tax are, are credit are charitable receipts uh, operational. So you can so you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can call right now. Uh, uh, and during the music break, you have a nice musical background uh, mm. while you make that donation. I want my tax dollars to go to CIUTFM. Exactly. Um, and and if you and if you again if you like donating online too, you can do that at CIUT.FM uh, slash donate. Um, but I will, but before we go to the music break, Lauren, I want to give you one last uh, last thought on anything at all, and then we'll go to Saren. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't also encourage listeners to to donate today. Um, we know that. <laughs> This sounds dramatic, but democracy dies in darkness. And uh, one of the best ways to to support a healthy democracy is to make sure that voters uh, are knowledgeable on the issues. And community radio is a huge part of spreading that knowledge. So please donate today. Thank you so much, Lauren. Uh, Saren, what are we listening to? Well, and also, you know, what what would uh, what would the Canadian environment scene do without my uh, messaging, political messaging <laughs> advice? Uh, quick, right? Yes, Trudeau would be uh, at a complete loss without all no, your well, all, I mean, all your options. Well, I mean, you know, hey, I, I I I don't mean to be a downer, but if your biggest concern with getting people to sign on to something that seems like it's going to change a lot of stuff, and there's a whole bunch of people who are resistant to it because they're afraid of change, <laughs> calling it leap. <laughs> Not good marketing. Hey, you gotta take a leap. You gotta take a leap. Um, I, I, I do want to say uh, because one of the suggestions uh, is is to be specific. So I'm gonna ask specifically right now, Justin Trudeau, if you're listening, call in because uh, I know you listen to the show. One triple eight two zero four eight eight seven nine. Justin Trudeau. Eight seven six. Call in and donate us ten thousand dollars. This is my uh, support community radio. Saren, what do we listen to? Saren will stop insulting you for at least a month if you donate ten thousand dollars right now. country and try his luck now he's at grand prairie and here i'm stuck all right that's uh, all we're gonna have time for for right now from annie helderman but we are back in the studio here you are listening to in case you're just tuning in the very important and prestigious and uh also extravagant Extravagant. Uh, spring fundraising <laughs> show here at the CIUT. Uh, spring fundraising drive this is uh as you have been hearing a very important and key uh, more so than usual. Um, uh, as you know, we're uh, experiencing quite a number of uh, uh, w- what I would personally describe as, as a bit of an assault on public institutions. Um, and the best way to shore that up is to show the strength of all the support that we have for these institutions. It is a good signal to show that these things are cherished by the community and, and should not be threatened. So with that, uh, I'm not going to do a full pitch right now. We'll just sort of remind people, maybe they're just tuning in, what the theme of this week's show is. We're going to go back to the studio for some more news with Stefan and Dave. And where but community radio will you hear acapella folk music in the middle of a show? Mm, that is uh, wonderful. Classic, classic community radio. Uh, and again, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much uh, to another donation that is called in, uh, Tim. Uh, so... If you want your name shouted out, uh, donate and make sure we find your name out. Uh, and we'll keep giving you some shout outs. And may I just say the problem with the corporate structure in media is that you have these uh, boardrooms of, uh, of people who have the authority over what's being created on these shows. But they're not the ones creating the shows. And so with community radio, you have actually those in charge are the ones creating it. So you have the people or the, the people, the creators in charge of their own stuff rather than being directed 
by simply the profit motive, which will necessarily dilute the message and make it less authentic. Yes, so that's the community, putting the community back in community radio. Community radio is inherently more authentic than corporate media. You heard it here first. Uh, so you call in now at 416-946-7800. I see someone's calling in right now. Thank you to that caller. Uh, toll free, 1-888-204-8976. Thank you so much for everyone calling in. Uh, we are now, if you ever feel like you're, you're sort of, I don't know, how do you say, frozen in place uh, due mm. to the lack of... Uh, community radio in your life uh well there's a there's a way to thaw yourself out here uh by calling in right now supporting and there's a way to uh thaw yourself out more generally if you're the permafrost mm -hmm. because it is in danger dave permafrost yes. thank you mr spin doctor stefan krishner when hostetter i do what i can <clears throat> while climate researchers have previously identified thawing permafrost as a potential source of climate feedback effects, a recent study by a team based at the University of Guelph has delivered a double whammy. Many areas are in danger of thawing much more abruptly than previously thought, releasing even more methane and CO2 at a quicker pace than previously thought. Instead of a few centimeters a year, researchers identified areas that lost several meters of permafrost in a matter of days or weeks. Because the most unstable areas tend to be the most carbon-rich, the researchers predict that even if abrupt thawing occurs in only 20% of frozen land, the greenhouse gas release will increase by 50%. This is because abrupt thawing in fact releases more gases overall than does gradual thawing, potentially doubling the magnitude of atmospheric effects. <clears throat> this kind of quick thawing can rapidly change the landscape, dissolving hills and forests into lakes, triggering, la triggering landslides and diverting waterways. This can have numerous knock-on effects, such as destroying habitats, altering traditional travel and hunting patterns, and causing damage to roads and rail lines. The researchers call for improved funding for monitoring sites so that more data can be gathered and better models can be designed to better understand the implications of permafrost thaw. Yeah, and I think this is so important to remember in the context of things like the Green New Deal. Um, and, and when you get sort of these sort of more centrist arguments uh, saying that, you know, that this change is happening too much, too, people are, there's too much change. We need to slow down how quickly we're changing things. You know, too many people are getting too many rights too quickly, and and that's scaring people. And the only way forward is to is to slowly go in. You know, is a slow change. You know, you gotta mm -hmm. you gotta adapt these systems slowly, and then eventually we'll get there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'm always struck by the by the stark difference between how these people understand the political sphere and how the earth itself is actually already changing, right? The pace of the earth's changing is not something that we get to decide. And the pace of the earth's changing is rapidly, uh, you know, and, and, and across sectors. Um, you know, if you understood, if you to use a business terminology for the Earth, which I think is relatively vile, but I'm using it for a second. Um, you know, if if you understand the biodiversity of the Earth as as a, as 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 a as a bio, as an the ecosystem of the of the Earth as a sort of business across sectors or government across sectors, uh, the changes that are we are already inflicting on the Earth are everywhere. 
They're in every little thing. You know, it is not just permafrost. It is not just plastics in the ocean. It is not just insect loss. It, you know, it, it is not just ha uh, deforestation. It is all of these things at once, and, and each one of them have their own tipping points. You know, and, and it, they're not happening slowly. And, and then more often than not, we're hearing things, especially in the Arctic, um, about how much faster things warm in the Arctic and how much more and how, and, and how really how quickly the change can occur. I think that to me is the number one thing that, I, that, I'm, that I'm so often concerned about uh, is the speed at which these changes can occur and, and forget at that point our own ability to adapt, right? We, like we have to be changing at the pace we've changed the world already and that we see the world changing. Mm. And, if, and if we're going to lose 50, you know, if we're going to lose uh, whole swaths, um, you know, meters of permafrost in days or weeks, then reimagining our economy in 10 years is already a, a time scale. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's already more time than, than these permafrost often seems to have when, the, when we hit these tipping points. And so t the idea that we are not changing at the pace, that, that, that we don't get to determine our own pace. You know, the, the arguments I hear so often about being, going slowly on these issues fail in the face of the speed at which we're experiencing change more generally. Well, and those who argue that we need to um, move slowly and, uh, and do things at a very gradual pace and you know, possibly decarbonize, you know, not until the end of the century and so forth, is based on the idea of, of psychological fragility in, in, in human beings en masse. As if, as if there are certain things that humans will lose, and then they'll just, and then they'll just be chaos. Like, like, uh, like you, you change your lifestyle a little bit, as if there's this, there's this very tenuous uh, strain of uh, of human psychology that will simply implode if we change things too quickly. I don't think that's the case. I think people are much more resilient and imaginative than that line of thinking makes them out to be. And and what's concerning is that many of the systems we've built do not share that resiliency. You know, the the you want to see you want to see true chaos lose the breadbasket in the United States due to one bad heat wave. You know, that's and, and, and experience the fact that the 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 ways we're setting up agriculture right now are becoming more and more brittle. Um, you know, that's the thing we should be talking about. If we're talking about, you know, about about the brittleness of our society. It is the brittleness of the systems that that are providing us with the basic necessities, mm. not our own psychology. Yeah, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to get super. Don't worry, Dave. I'm not going to get super sidetracked here. But just for a moment, like we, you know, on occasion, I interact with or we see, like you know, a lot of people who are you know comment on the post or stuff like that or with stupid comments. But essentially, like there's essentially in my experience, and this is just anecdotal, but in, in my experience, there's essentially two categories of people that that leave those types of comments on our show, and and I don't see them any different on anyone else's show, right? These seem to be the type of not political ads or company ads, but your general citizen responses to this of negative one of two categories one of them is uh my what and and this is my estimation i'm not saying they would think this this is my estimation of them but people who as far as i can tell are like hey all we know that all the politicians we support are like playing dirty and so we're assuming you're lying and playing dirty too right so when we even say a fact they're kind of like yeah i would say something like that too but when i was saying it it would be a lie so i'm assuming <laughs> when you're saying it it's a lie right like people who are just on the face of it mm -hmm. engaging as if it's all a big scam and that everyone's part of the this big scam game cynicism right and and they can't believe it when I send them when they're like, oh, yeah, well, who are you funded by George Soros? And I send them, you know, links is like, yeah, we're we volunteer at a charity. Um, <laughs> and then the, the other category is the other one here. And this is where I'm done. I'm done. Um, but the other category that I think is really important, and this is what you were talking about a second ago, Dave, is all these people who are literally just like I fun they fundamentally accept the science. 
but it's kind of like the, but this is just too much for me, right? Like this, this is me translating them, right? This is not what they're saying. But essentially what they're saying is, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, okay, I get it that the science is clear, but that you're just asking too much because they just, it's just so much change, they just can't handle it. And so when you say, okay, well, do you dis disagree with the science? They say, no, they just think we should do something differently about it. But the, their actions are not based on a rational assessment of the facts. It's literally just, I understand that you, that the science says X, but I can't, I don't accept that because that's just the concept, the implications of that are too much. Mm -hmm. So I need to be emotionally comforted by asking, by having you ask me for less. That's it. They're I've literally in 15 years never come across a, an exception to people falling into one of those two categories, and either then, on the face of it dishonest or just are just struggling with the concept. Well, and then exporting that fear to the rest of the population saying everybody is too fragile for this. Everybody will lose their minds if we change too quickly. Right. Because it's not them that's that's weak and afraid. Right. It's everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, and and there's a and, and, and there's this yeah again there's a need here, right? Um, speaking of need, this is the ciut.fm donation drive. Uh, you can donate either online at ciut.fm uh, or by calling in at four one six nine four six seven eight zero zero or one eight 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 two zero four. Eight nine seven six. Uh, they will be if you want to wait for a music break. Let's come up in about seven minutes, or you can call now uh, while we talk about Finland. In case you really don't care about Finland, uh, or you really just are want to avoid caring about Finland entirely. I mean, it's a, it's an issue that occurred. It's a, it's a meeting that occurred in Finland. It's not. Uh, so some people specific to Finland. Some people really don't like Finland. Just, uh, just. So I'm sorry, and just to interrupt again, just before we get sucked into that, I just want to make sure when we're reminding people as well that it's a, a great way to do it while they're listening. Is that the best way is actually through CIT.FM. So right. you can actually be on your laptop doing this right now as you're listening. Don't need to wait. I'll just right. wanted to say. If, that. if you really like Finland and want to hear all Finland-based news, you can donate online right now. Um, and it is a cool, moist spring day, and it is a great time to donate to CIUT. FM. That is very true. Uh, so what, what was this meeting in Finland? So it was a meeting of the Arctic Council, composed of the eight countries bordering the Arctic, uh, and ended without a unified declaration for the first time since its creation in 1996. Uh, the U.S. refused to sign because the declaration insisted on calling climate change a serious threat. While Finnish Foreign Minister Timo Soini told reporters that he, quote, didn't want to name and blame anyone. Other participants acknowledged that except for the U.S., uh, other nations had wanted to go further than merely reiterate their commitment to sustainable development and the protection of the Arctic environment. Simon Johnson, reporting for Reuters, notes that the Arctic is believed to contain about 13% of the world's untapped reserves of oil and 30% of global natural gas reserves, as well as a cash box of other minerals like zinc, iron, and rare earth metals. While access to this natural bounty has historically been restricted, the warming effects of climate change on Arctic ice are already making Mike Pompeo's hands sweat with excitement. R R RT reports that at the meeting, Pompeo warned China and Russia to respect U.S. interests in the Arctic or face the consequences. He noted further, with no hint of irony, that while the Trump administration, quote, shares your deep commitment to environmental stewardship, collective goals like protecting the Arctic are, Arctic are quote, rendered meaningless, even counterproductive, as soon as one nation fails to comply. Uh, I, I find it unbelievably un 
I was going to say uncharacteristically, but very characteristically, unbelievably ridiculous for any member of the United States government to to talk about how difficult it is to have any agreement when one nation doesn't comply. Yeah, as soon like, as my nation stops complying, none of this is meaningless. And, and, I, and I'm not going to comply. And we're not complying. Yes. This is, this is like, given the entire history that we get, exist in of the United States refusing to comply, you know, the United States is one of the few people, one of the few places not to sign on uh, to be a part of, uh, you know, be part of the, of the Hague. You can't, you can't try U.S. Pre- anyone in the U.S. for war crimes because the U.S. doesn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. You know, their whole thing is... Is not signing on. That's their that's their jam. Um, and Unfortunately, so, my trump card is still my trump card, and I'm Mike Pompeo. It's 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 only 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 here on CAT would you hear about Mike Pompeo's uh, sweaty hands during. That his was from meeting. Chris Moray, our new oh. volunteer. He provided those notes. Thank well, you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Exactly. Thank you so much. Um, a quick update on the on the on the drive before we get back into this briefly uh, is that we had said previously that our that we were at seventy one thousand one hundred and thirty two dollars, and we have all we have now jumped to seventy two thousand eight hundred and ninety two. That is a huge jump. Thank you all so much for donating, and we have a new goal of seventy three thousand. Five hundred. Uh, so if we can hit that, that's seventy-three thousand five hundred dollars of the one hundred thousand dollar goal. That's impressive. It is honestly. Already, I didn't think it was going to happen. You, but it happened so quickly. And not only did it happen, we beat it already, and we are going for more. We are, <laughs> you know, and you know what? Uh, if you are ever going to make a, I, I know I just made a case against unilateral decision making in the U.S. government, but I think you, as an individual who's listening, can make a unilateral decision to donate right now to CIUT. Yes. You can donate, and you can donate, and you can donate. Everybody gets a T-shirt don't for one hundred twenty dollars. Don't ask your spouse. Just, just donate that money. Just donate that money. It is easier to ask for beg forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> I just donated ten thousand dollars. Uh, that's the only the, exclusively. If you're, well, I know. I was like, if you are not Justin Trudeau uh, and want to donate ten thousand dollars, also donate ten thousand dollars because this is that important to support community radio. Yeah. No, Stefan. Stefan's just having a bit of fun there for a minute. But it, a very interesting fact that we've been able to derive from this fundraising drive already is that the average donation has gone up significantly. So people are being very generous. Uh, thank you to every person who's donated both during our program and before and let's keep it going um this is a regular opportunity uh to donate to the to the station as we said but it's very important that we do it now uh and everything you donate goes to uh production of great content and continuing great uh radio so the keep it going let's do it i can sense the mayflowers blooming as we speak exactly so that again to call in you can call 416-946-7800 or 1-888- 204-8976 or doing it online at CIUT89 uh, FM. Uh, now we're going to go to a music break in just a second uh, so it's a great time to call in surely you have more thoughts on this Finland meeting I, I have many thoughts on this Finland thing let's be real here there, the, this, is, this is another example um, of of the unbelievable actually no, you know what? it's another example of the inability I would say uh, of these, uh, of 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 the people who in charge to think outside the status quo, to see the world that is warming as it is as an opportunity to to go out and get more oil and more fossil fuels is is a is nothing more than a categorical lack of imagination, 
and a complete failure uh, on anyone's under- ability to to understand the future. This is like I'm so blindly greedy for these resources that I'm just. Uh any, anything that opens up that, I don't care what the consequences are. Well, this, this is this is a this is a set of policies created by a set of people who grew up at a time when when the only option was oil, and and that was the and that was the whole game. These are people who are t- so out to lunch in, in where we li- what, the world we live in now, and missing sort of the last forty years of our history. You know, they're still living in the nineteen seventies and eighties. That's that's everyone who is in power in these in, in Sarah's now are people who grew up in. Chain and had their minds fused together. It seems uh, with with the inability to think beyond what the seventies and eighties were, where trying to avoid peak oil was the main thing. Despite the fact that during those eighties, Exxon was discovering climate change and then decided to lie about it for thirty years. Yeah. So and I was going to say, and also keep in mind that during the sixties and seventies, this was a time. You know, some of these conservative voters who are older uh, now, uh, you know, were alive during a time when we thought it was great to spray cancer causing uh, chemicals in people's faces for public health reasons. So yeah, uh, yeah. So. There is. This is the. It is the. It is the need to break out of the status quo that I think makes both uh, community radio show community radio so important, and also uh, the what we need to I think see this prosperous future that we're hoping for. So again, we're going to music break. Uh, during the music break, call four one six nine four six seven eight zero zero or toll free at one eight 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 two zero four eight nine seven six. You are listening to CIAT eighty nine point five FM, the Sound of Your City membership drive. L- Saren, what are we listening to? All right, so we're going to have a quick moment with Stan Rogers. Uh, We're reaching way back. That's an old joke. Uh, We're reaching way back now for some Stan Rogers. Uh, We're going to be back in just a minute with a colleague of mine. We're going the other direction now to Hamilton. We're going to speak to uh, an environmental colleague of mine from Hamilton, Brody Meyer, when we get back from this music break. At last the kids are gone now for the day. Reaches for the coffee as the school bus pulls away. Uh, Sarah and I cannot hear you, but we are back on CAUT FM. Oh, excuse me. That's the... because that's that's good because that's that's because I turned on your mic and not uh, mine. I see. Dave. I see. Yes. So thank you for the uh, thing there. Uh, continuing to test my technical skills this morning. Do we have Brody Meyer there as well? Yes, we do. Oh, Hello. wow. This is so awesome. Okay, so, uh, Brody, we're, um, as is usual with a fundraising show, we're uh, over time, so uh, I'm glad that I asked you to prepare only a couple of minutes of stuff here because we're, we're already five minutes into your section here. I apologize. Uh, what I'd like <laughs> you to do then, just for, the, for brevity, uh, is if you, I'm going to leave you to introduce yourself. Um, I've asked you to prepare some information. As we said, you're, um, we can talk later or another time about uh, how we met each other, but we, we bumped into each other and, uh, and uh, we had a good combination because you you were, uh, you were exposed in a lot of communities that I'm not and vice versa. So we thought it'd be very good to get you involved in the show in the future. But for now, I'm just going to let you have the mic to quickly introduce yourself and, and let folks know uh, what are you plugged into and what is going on in Hamilton and beyond. Okay. Well, uh, briefly, my name is Brody Robin Meyer. Uh, my friends call me Udo. Um, I am plugged into a few different environmental organizations in this side of the Golden Horseshoe. So Environment Hamilton... Uh, 350.org, the Community Permaculture Lab, um, OceanWise through an Ocean Bridge mentorship kind of program, which is about marine ecology, and a few other kind of groups. I try not to uh, tie myself too closely to any one group so that I can sort of foster relationships between these groups because they're all doing such fantastic work. 
um, yeah, that's 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 my brief little connection spiel. Um, were you wanting to know any more details about any of these particular works? Well, maybe. Well, let's. Uh, we can tie back to we can tie back to those uh, specifically. I think. But what? Uh, yeah, we just want to sort of want to get a rundown on uh, on any of the sort of activities. Or, or um, we know there's been a lot of activist uh, activity. Is there any organizing going on in right now in uh, in Hamilton? That uh, that sort of thing. There is. So one of the things that I think would be great for um, your listeners to think about is Hamilton, uh, the the municipality, has recently declared a climate emergency. And the city of Burlington has also declared a climate emergency. To my knowledge, Oakville has not and Toronto has not. But this is something that I think you may have heard that the um, UK government has also done the same thing. Um, Just a symbol and also a kind of shift in focus, trying to make clear to citizens the scale of this problem and how urgent it is that all of us are acting and trying to do something in some sort of way and that we're mindful of it in pretty much all the actions of our day-to-day life, Uh, because our day-to-day life is changing (laughs) and will continue to do so. It sounded it sounded a little bit like you were hedging there. Would you do you want to um, like can you can you alliterate a little bit or expand a little bit on on like are the, are these just sort of words and and I mean words from a politician are meaningful. So I don't mean to, I don't mean to imply that that it's meaningless. Um, but like how much teeth is there? Is the, are these sort of declarations of intent or is there like real on the ground uh, you know legal policy that's being backed up here? What what exactly are we looking at and, and is it different between these municipalities? Um, I'm not sure in terms of the details with Burlington's uh, declaration. As I understand it, these are purely uh, words. They're a a declaration that doesn't have any kind of legal binding effect to the governance. But that being said, I was in the council meeting for some of the proceedings during Hamilton's declaration, and this was part of the topic that was really being hotly discussed. There was unanimous uh, consent to de- make this declaration, but in the actual argument or in the council chamber, there was a huge debate about what does this actually mean? Mm. Is this just words? We've Even the council members themselves were saying, you, you know, we've heard this before, and is this us just going to be kind of tooting a horn that doesn't really do anything? Um, so I think that it it is a hugely important step because it can lead to um, a sort of watershed moment where the the practices of local government are all shifted. The lens that everything uh, is filtered through has this climate and ecosystem sort of uh, focus or um, mindset. Mm. Um, and this is something that I think as more municipalities or governments make this declaration, it's going to be hugely up to the the people involved to make sure that it isn't just words because it definitely could be just words and not anything more than that but it also could be a huge kind of turning point for public education too making sure that people who weren't kind of on the fence realize that hey you know my local government recognizes that this is a huge problem i guess i better start looking into this as well and seeing what i can do Right. And I think that there's a couple of interesting there's things there I want to ask you about. One of them was just sort of like like that idea that like, yeah, like, I, uh, yeah, I certainly didn't mean to Im- imply that it was meaningless. And, and you identified one of the really key important things, right, which is that 
uh, and, and I, w- I won't put words in your mouth here, so this is my comment. Uh, but <laughs> the uh, the idea, like a, a lot of um, like you know, politicians will are you know, it's been my assessment, my analysis on the show regularly that many right wing politicians will you know, it's not politically viable for them to outright deny climate change, but they simply propose things that are in essence denial of climate change, right? So yeah, sure, climate change is real, but the best way to deal with it is to burn more oil and gas so that we're richer, right? Like these types of things. So it sounds <laughs> like the so what. What I think is so important about these these declarations is that it tells the local people who are not plugged in, maybe maybe not the super politically active left winger or right winger, but maybe that just person who's just not that politically plugged in. I think it does mean something that they look up and see that their local government is like, hey, you know, I read on the Internet that this is all a myth, but my local city council is passing laws. Um, I don't know if they, you know, have any teeth or anything, but like it puts that huh moment, right? It it makes it more real for people. Can you either comment on Certainly. that or um, uh, or just expand on the idea? It sounded like you're, you're feeling personal, at least your, your anecdotal impression was, was that there was definitely a, a, a taste, at least by some people, to do much more. Certainly. Uh, I feel like there is a, an almost palpable sense of urgency amongst some of the council members, and I think uh, I really have to congratulate all of them on on, a, on agreeing to do this. That being said, I think that it is really important for all of us as citizens to hold them accountable and really try to look at ways that we ourselves can contribute to that, because, I mean, an emergency of this scale is not going to be solved by politicians alone. They rely on us, as I'm sure pretty much all of your listeners are aware. Um, I think the other thing to to keep in mind is that we're going to see a variety of challenges and issues come across in our politics and our everyday life that we, it's important that we keep this in mind as we go through those things. So for instance, I was just at a a public meeting with uh, Enbridge Gas, who's looking to do a pipeline expansion in my watershed. And I think this is the sort of thing that, with a climate emergency, local citizens should really try to get informed on. You know, it's not as if you, you have to feel one way or another, but, I mean, if there's a climate emergency, what's causing that climate emergency, and what do these projects do? What's their impact? What's their benefit, or what's their detriment to that? And, I mean, I would argue, certainly, investing in more fossil fuel infrastructure is not going to be a smart thing to do. Uh, in the long term. But this is something that I think people need to find out for themselves. And I think it's more impactful if they do the research and look into it themselves so they understand what what's actually going on and they, they can make informed decisions when people talk to them. Uh, Brody, this is normally uh, halfway through the segment where we would interrupt you to do a uh, reminder of the uh, opportunity and reasons that people might want to call in and support the station. Could I impose on you to perhaps, uh, in your own words, uh, maybe say why you think uh, supporting community radio is important? My absolute pleasure. I think that it would be hugely important for anyone who's listening to happily support this sort of thing because... I think if you look around, you're going to see that the provincial government has been sort of cutting from a lot of um, public tr- trust or public services that uh, are very crucial to the way we function. And I think it's – I mean, this is – I'm g- going to be speaking in, on behalf of myself, not any of my organizations or CIUT. I think that this is incredibly short-sighted in terms of um, trying to balance a budget through – 
means of cutting things that are propping up or uplifting our society. Um, not, not at all to say that balancing a budget is easy, but it's in times like this that the community really needs to reach out and support the things that you care about, like uh, public radio or nonprofit charity, trying to bring the community together and share voices of, of action and, and things that are going on that are meaningful to people who live here. Um, that, that is one of, I think, the cru- crucial reasons why you want to support this stuff. Not to mention that in this time, there is a huge consolidation of media and corporate interests getting involved, so that it's, very, it's becoming much more rare to find a radio station that doesn't have some kind of corporate interest that um, would affect the message and necessarily change it and kind of skew it for their own benefits. So uh, we'll give people an opportunity to uh, thank you so much for that, uh, Brody. The number that people can call in is 416-946-7800. Or perhaps you're listening on the radio right now because you're one of Brody's friends and are really excited to hear Brody on the radio. You can call if you wish the 1-800 number because I don't know uh, t- where long distance. Anything north of Bloor is long distance for me. So it's a little fun. <laughs> uh, so 1-800, uh, sorry, one 888 And of course you can go to CIUT.FM which is the easiest way to do it. And if folks uh, are feeling generous, but they're not able to be generous, there's some really great options, including the fact that you can actually uh, delay your donation. So you can actually sign up for like a monthly, if you wish, if you wanted to give 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month, you could do that. There's a lot of options. So if you want to get the full suite of options, you can check out CIT.FM or just call in and uh, and you can actually talk to Stefan. So you may have noticed you haven't, no one has heard from Stefan this section. That is because Stefan Hostetter, the one and only, is actually on the phone. So if you want to call in and actually talk to Stefan, say that you love or hate his uh, reading speed, for instance, uh, you can do that now. Call in 416-946-7800 or one 888 to talk to Stefan. Uh, Brody, back to you. Um, so one of the things that we have uh, talked about as, as well before, just you and I in our personal conversations, uh, was some degree about the, the connectedness or potentially lack thereof of various uh, environment movements. So um, as someone who's plugged into the community in the Hamilton region, we're, of course, in the black hole, the dead center that is Toronto. And, of course, everything revolves around us. <laughs> How, as as <laughs> being course. in Ontario, but not part of the Toronto, um, can you talk to me about um, sort of activism, feeling plugged in, part of the movement, the sort of those types of things? Do, do you, is there room for improvement? Uh, do you feel like there is some good cooperation? Do you communicate with groups from Toronto and other cities? Um, talk to me about uh, the movement for a moment, quote unquote, uh, the, with the capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, well, I, I need to confess, I was born in Toronto, so I've become Ooh. a naturalized Hamiltonian, but I mean, I, I won't... Uh, we are on the radio in, in Hamilton, Brody. I apologize. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Um, so I, I, I would say that there is massive amounts of groups doing fantastic work in this whole region, and I have tried to connect some through Toronto, and actually just recently... Uh, did a collaboration with uh, group Transition Toronto and Transition Guelph, where we were trying to promote local uh, food-bearing plants in the area, which was great, uh, great success and like a fantastic way to engage with the community. So this sort of stuff is happening, and I think there's a huge amount of power in trying to foster these connections and really like, build them up more and more because, as I think all of us know, we're living in an age where connection and communication, to some extent, has become 
a lot more uh, feasible. The world seems kind of smaller in a sense. Um, and it's up to us to really try and leverage that sort of thing. Uh, that being said, I feel like there's a huge challenge in that regard because I talked to tons of groups who had no idea that X group was doing something just, you know, a few, a few uh, minutes away with something that was totally related to their cause. So I think it's, it's, um, it's important in terms of bringing back to educating ourselves. I mean, it's, it's not fair that we have to do all of this work, but it's something that uh, it, it adds, I think, a lot of meaning to our lives. Yeah. And it and it strengthens the movement, quote unquote. If you don't mind, I would really like to make a brief little quote. I was in Atlanta recently, and I read Martin Luther King's letter from a Birmingham jail. We'll, let, we'll let you things, do it, Brody, but I just want you to know we have about 45 seconds, so you'll have the last word. He says, I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one indir- one directly affects all indirectly. That, to me, oof, that, <laughs> that about does it. Brody, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm so happy to uh, assume that this will not, not be the last time we speak to you. Thank you so much for your time today, and thank you so much to everyone who called in uh, because of Brody's appeal as well. So I'm going to let you go here, Brody. We only have about 30 seconds, but we'll talk to you again soon, okay? My pleasure, and thank you all for listening. All right, take care. So as we said, that is the it for this week's edition of The Green Majority, and that it for Green Majority's edition of the Spring Fundraising Drive. But you do not have to stop calling in. Oh, no, you can still call 416-946-7800 or one 204 8976 We got just shy of 72250 here, and our, our final target here that we've been given is 72500 So if between the thousands of people out there, we can get five people calling in, with another 50 bucks, then that will make Ken very happy and that will send us off here with a bang to our next show. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to let the music play here, but uh, take that opportunity to make that final call in or go to CIUT.FM. Thank you again to absolutely everyone, including a very special thank you to Herschel Schroman, who is one of our uh, uh, very appreciated guests, uh, uh, donors as well, supporters of CIUT Radio. Thank you to everyone who called in and donated. (laughs) 